0: Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to the Base Street Podcast. I'm Craig Harriman. I'm here with Simon Jones as usual. We've got a very special guest on. Paddy, how are you doing?
1: Great. Thank you for the invitation. Look so forward to it.
0: Paddy is, I don't know how much credit I should give you and how much I should give to Billy, but Paddy is one of the, the founders of Vogue Fitness, which has become a, a fitness empire over in the Middle East and um, is doing massive things with equipment and, um, and online training now, given the scope of the fitness industry industry has changed massively over the last couple of months. And we went to get Paddy on and talk a little bit about how these guys are diversifying and kind of some of the things they've done to pivot, given what's happened. But I won't say too much because i let Paddy say that. Um, Paddy, just for those who, the, the amateurs that don't know who you are, do you want to give us a bit of a quick intro about who you are? what Vogue is and how you've come to
1: where you are. Uh, yeah. So I'm 50% of, uh, the, um, the founders of Vogue Fitness and Billy Graham is the, uh, the other half of Vogue Fitness. So everything we've done is equals, equals, um, he's been there the whole time and he's done, mm-hmm. you know, just as much, if not more. So, um, I'll be speaking, I guess, on his behalf uh, on today's podcast. But uh, Billy and Billy was actually the one that was the driving force behind it all. Uh, so back in like 2011 or 12, we were uh, training and playing rugby, and we were playing rugby for the Abu Dhabi Harlequins. That's right, Harlequins. And, yes. and uh, you know, we, Billy was uh, ex semi-professional. Um, and when he rocked up his first session, we were actually paired together in a fitness drill <laughs> and, uh, he arrived in the summer and it was hot and, yeah. uh, and I managed to just beat him and then I gave him some stick. Um, and so then I invited him around that weekend for a few drinks and we've been, uh, we've been, uh, mates ever since. What was,
2: that him, thought, was that him just moving out to Dubai? Or Abu, Dhabi?
1: Uh, Abu Dhabi, yeah, he just, he, he moved oh, over. fresh off the
2: bow in the summer.
1: Yeah, Fuck. he kept running <laughs> fresh on like, his second day of being in the UAE, I think. That's so... not like you to give someone
0: shit after you beat them on the workout, Eddie.
1: No, of course not. <laughs> but, like, but he was keeping up with me, and you know, at the time I was, you know, the, the I, I thought I was the first in the club, and then he was keeping up beside me, and I'm like, who's this little kid trying to keep <laughs> up with me? So, uh, yeah. Um, but obviously we had a shared interest in sport and fitness, and, um, as we played more rugby together and we started going to the gym together, uh, Billy's, you know, started to get into his CrossFit. And at that point in the UAE CrossFit, there was no affiliates here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people weren't and in Abu Dhabi, especially people weren't aware of functional training. Uh, so Billy had, you know, caught on to CrossFit and started learning and, um, and teaching me and we would apply, we would do CrossFit workouts and like fitness first and stuff like that. And I, at this point we're both working in the same company uh, in the construction, construction and uh, engineering field in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and when we were training with CrossFit uh, and functional training, the methodology was so different to our standard like brosesh, mm-hmm. where you just hit the, you know, use the squat rack for curls basically. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and then you do your conditioning on the rugby pitch or your running in your cardio. Yeah. And you know, so you had a very separated strength and a very separated conditioning. And CrossFit obviously combine combines both of those elements. And so when we started training in in functional training, our fitness went up and our improvement on the rugby pitch went up as well. Uh you felt stronger on the rugby pitch. You felt, you know, fitter. You could go into contact a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, and you just felt like it was the best way to train. And so we had a very strong belief in functional training. And uh, then when we were working together, Billy pestered me all, all the time. <laughs> like, right, right. Let's let's set up. A, a CrossFit, let's get into functional training. And he looked everywhere in Abu Dhabi for about a year to find the place. And he looked everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Uh, and it wasn't until one day that we walked into Yas Marina in 2013 that we were like, oh, this is the place. Um, and at that point, when we walked through the door and saw it, and at that point, it was just offices used as, you know, like a, the Yas Marina head office. Uh, we, we saw it and we're just like, yeah, that's it. Let's go. Uh, you know, there were some bumps along the road uh, to get everything set up. It wasn't easy. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, challenges. And um, Abu Dhabi in 2013, 14 wasn't as digitally advanced in their governmental processes as they are now. Very um, what's that? very diplomatic of you to say it that way yeah yeah it, things it, things you know moved a bit slower and mm-hmm. and you needed to be persistent and things were expensive and uh you know there's as you as, as you'll know with um base you have to order everything basically from overseas and so yeah. you've got two, four months shipping you know there's there's a whole range of factors um but anyway we did that after we'd set up a boot camp that we were running uh for about a year um while we were working full-time in construction and uh with that community we really developed and had a had a strong um community that we really enjoyed and we could impart our humor upon them and i think the fact that we could just it, you know in a boot camp where we had no commercial pressure we we did it for the pure enjoyment and, and fun. Mm-hmm. We could do and say what the hell we wanted, basically. <laughs> uh, so we were able to like, let people know you can have fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that community built uh, and that's, you know, it's one of our core principles is is having fun.
2: Well, that, that's something you've done really well with gym Cause you've got that work hard culture, but that play hard. I know like, with you guys having a few beers with the crew and like, you know, at stars and bars and it was just, <laughs> it was just a great, but then, but then you almost had like this awesome bond that you have with the community where like, they'll just stay with you. And, uh, because they are like, Oh, they're, they're exactly like us. They like having a good time, but we'll just, we'll train hard during the day. And like on the weekends, yeah. I mean, I just hear the stories between you guys or, when you, when you took uh, Carl and I out for a few drinks uh, for the first time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a mess.
1: Simon, <laughs> cool. you've been involved
0: in it
2: firsthand. A few, a few times, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I've I've had the privilege of coaching up at uh, Yes Marina and seeing it in the gym as well. And you've got the yeah. play hard mentality. And I've had to teach classes. I've had Paddy running around my classes, terrorizing people in class as well, having <laughs> fun. So it's not limited to stars and bars.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's a big thank you to you, Craig as well. When, um, uh, when you are setting up base three, uh, yourself and Emily were, you know, awesome for our community here. Absolutely. You know, enjoyed your coaching and, uh, it was great to have you here while you're getting base, the, the best up. thing
0: about that is i, I resided on in al Ra for a year and it wasn't until we moved to dubai the next week you're like oh have you got can you cover some classes It's like yeah <laughs> and and so that's that gets us in sorry we interrupted your story but that gets us to like 2013 2014 um, we've just opened did you have it was the open gym space and box one initially was it the two spaces yeah. So, yep. if anyone's uh, not been to, um, yes, Marina Vogue Fitness is, I, I've lo- I haven't been up there for, I don't know if it's grown, but you've got the whole floor now, top floor, which is how
1: many boxes? Most of it, yeah. So, we've got uh, like two open gyms, one's a ladies only, and six boxes, and two two of them are ladies only. And um, the outdoor space downstairs also. Yeah, and the outdoor area, we've
0: got like an indoor running track as well. Uh, Even. So- and just things like, like that is just one thing that's really admirable about you guys is the way you've approached it. And everyone speaks very highly of the way you set up Yes Island, particularly facility, because of the way you've just piece by piece basically just taken over that whole building and created such an awesome facility of just starting with that. You guys were running boot camps in a car park, which was on Yes Island, I believe, right?
1: Same car park? Or down yes, so it? we shifted it onto Yes Island. Yeah. Uh, that was the second phase of our boot camp. Yeah.
0: And then turned it into a small facility, which grew into a big facility. And now you're running events across the whole island. I just think it's a, a fantastic story of starting small, organic. Two fellows that were in construction engineering have now grown and have got a, a roster of world-class athletes on their coaching roster and amazing coaches to this amazing facility, which has become Yassai yeah, Island Fitness, and not to mention all the other facilities that you've you've grown up in. Uh, you've added as well to that. Um, what, What's kind of like, talk us a little bit through the process of, okay, you've established yourself as one of the most successful training facilities in the Middle East within Yas Island. Is then growing off of that now, you've got one in every Emirate and early, you've got... Um, Mob facilities in Abu Dhabi, what does that process look like when you talk about looking to build out the team to be able to make this vision happen or where does that all start for you or where does the vision come from to be able to like this is what we want to do and how fast we want to grow and, and finding the team to be able to do that with. That was a very loaded question, yeah. pick it apart as you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I know that there's there's two parts to this. The first one is um, myself and Billy had a had a conversation where uh, we'd also started up a digital marketing company, a yeah. digital farm, which was growing. And um, the the amount of energy and work that we put into uh, Vogue Fitness in Yaspirina was, you know, it was a lot. And Billy was like, do you want to grow up more? Do we want to take on another location? And I was like, this is maybe 2017, 16, after we'd added you know a lot of boxes on, so we grew our Yas Marina facility, and Billy was like, "Do you want to open up one that's not at Yas?" And I was like, "No." Um, and I think that led to a period where we um, we I don't know I guess we just didn't have a clear uh, plan on how we would keep growing. Um, if that's what we wanted and in 2017, um, we, we were invited on some, some tenders that we were successful in, uh, and that sort of was the match that lit the fire, I guess. And, uh, when we, we operated for a very prestigious government client, uh, I think that gave the confidence to say, okay, like maybe we're operating a lot better than we give ourselves credit for. So let's now really focus on pushing forward and uh, and seeing how far we can we can push this. And uh, one one of the one of the difficult things is, I guess, getting your getting the right team. That's, that's always the, the hardest part. Yeah. And, and we've been in the last, in the last sort of three or so years, we've been, that's what we've become a lot better. at, And, uh, we've put some, some really intelligent people in some, um, in some, in some positions that have let them, they, they've been able to help the whole organization move forward. And once, once we got through that decision of yes, okay, we are going to have multiple locations. It was just like, okay, now the train has started and let's just, it's not going to stop now. Uh, And we'll be pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, you know, we, we get asked sometimes like, how do you, do you have a goal of how, how many facilities do you want to have? Or, you know, all these questions. And we've actually spent a lot of time with our senior management team breaking down what Vogue Fitness is, what it means to us, what our values are, and uh, what our vision is. Um, and and that took weeks. And we've had some independent um, experts come in to talk to our management team, to you know, people from say Eti, directors of Etihad HR. And uh, and government organisations and uh, you know the the leader of a of one of the theme parks have come in and and talked to our management group about their experience and how they've done things and it's been very valuable to our team and we've been able to really uh, focus on on what our core values are and what we want to do moving forward um, and what we did was we traced back. To 2016, 2017, what, what, what is it? Um, and it boiled down to uh, defining what our vision was, and which before it sounds a bit crazy, but we could never articulate our vision um, because there were so many things.
2: Yeah, it was just a feeling when you walked in the gym of what it was.
1: Yeah, and it's like, what, what, what are we actually doing? And so what we've what we boiled it down to was uh Billy and myself we we have a, like an obsession uh, and you know that's from the moment we wake up until the moment we fall asleep and that's been consistent from the day we started that's not stopped uh and so that obsession we like okay what's that obsession with um and that obsession was with continually becoming better Nice. So, even though you say we didn't open another facility outside Yas Marina, Yas Marina, we grew that from uh, an open gym and one box to two open gyms, an outdoor arena, and six boxes. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, our vision's always been to be obsessively better. Oh, and, cool. and that's an expectation that we have on our staff. We have an expectation that they will become obsessively better. Some people might look at um, one of our coaches and go, why are you training three hours a day? You know, that might seem foreign or odd to them. It's because our coaching staff have a very high discipline with their training. And, you know, some people might say that that's an obsession with their training. And that, that obsession with their training is for them to become better. And they have an obsession to become better. Um, so we're able to define as an organization what, what we really stood for uh, and that was to become obsessively better and you know and then that led us to define what our our mission is and our mission is to dedicate that obsession to make people better so if someone walks through the door they're getting our dedication from our obsession to make them better and we and we felt that that is what happens through all the arms of our company through everything that we do is that that dedication we have to making people better. Very cool, man. Thanks for sharing that, Pat. that's awesome. I
0: mean, like the the story I was gonna ask before you kind of answered it since then, but I had this question since you said when you were talking about not wanting to expand to another facility, I was gonna ask is that because um, part of the vision wasn't necessarily growth from the start you weren't you didn't set out to have this massive empire of multiple facilities when you start because the vision was to develop a great training environment and then you've just explained it's to become obsessively better which I guess meant just doing what you were doing for the people in the gym really 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 well till it got to the point where you felt like you were ready to expand into multiple facilities but you went on answered that anyway
1: yeah and uh, just just to just to sort of uh, preface that is that Billy wanted to open multiple locations. He was always pushing for that as well. Yeah. So, and you know, that's, that's the beauty of having a, a partner that's on the same, you know, uh, on the exact same war path as you is that eventually you will align again. Um, and, and that's what happened. He wanted to, <clears throat> he wanted to open more facilities and I guess I was the holdup in, in that Um, and once we both, you know, agreed on it, uh, that's when we sort of started to accelerate things a lot. Um, so, you know, having, having Billy there, uh, is, uh, me and him will bounce ideas off each other all day, every day about everything. We'll have completely different opinions. We'll argue about things. Um, and then eventually we'll agree on, on, on the things that we want to push forward. Um, and you know, it's great because sometimes I'll make the wrong decision mm-hmm. and Billy will be like, Oh, you know, why are you doing that for? That's, that's stupid. And likewise, he might think something and I'll be like, well, you know, that that doesn't make sense. Why are you doing that? And, you know, and then we might have a bit of an argument or whatever. Um, but... we'll
2: call it, we'll call it constructive feedback.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we don't speak very, pro- sometimes we don't speak very professionally to each other. Um, uh, <laughs> But, you know, like that, I think having two people dedicated to that makes a huge difference because if, say, if I was to do it on my own, um, it wouldn't be what it is. And, you know, if Billy was to do it on his own, it wouldn't be what it is. So mm-hmm. having having two people with different skill sets going, being obsessed with the same outcome um, has been, you know, very, very beneficial to the growth of Rogue Fitness. I don't want that's to cool get. I'm oh, sorry, no guys, no sorry. No I was side, just
2: like, no. just you, you uh, voicing that stuff out and just having that brutal honesty and just kind of look, well, this is what I think. And then, you know, you having that relationship between the two of you, you just go, well, I think that's bullshit. And it's like, oh, okay. Versus, like, in your head, it sounds like a good idea or or vice versa. But then, you know, you, you trust Billy and, and he trusts you that much. You go, well, this is why it was wrong or this is why it's right. So just like, you know, your finger out and just go do it and i think that's that's such a like that's such a cool boy you having um, like you two as a team just being able to do that without the the hesitation of okay he'll, he'll just tell it to me straight no matter what and then yeah. once you made that decision like no matter if you've had what, a small fallout or disagreement once you've both agreed to okay yep this is the way it's going to go like it doesn't really matter that it's just, you're gonna put yeah. full speed on the gas and just go from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is if I'm there uh, doing something, I know that he'll be there doing just as much, you know, if yeah. whatever effort I'm putting in, he's putting in as well. And, and so there's never been any um, friction uh, about that. And that's you know, from, from when I talk to other people, they're in partnerships, uh, sometimes they get aggrieved because the other person's not pulling their weight. Um, so that's that's never been the case. And uh, I'll, so, I'll, if, I not Sorry. No, you're right. I was going to say, and I don't want to
0: bash on this too much, but I just think it's very interesting the the dynamic of the relationship and able to manage that. Do you guys have um, kind of like formal boundaries as to who's responsible for what? I know a lot of people who are leaders of organizations often struggle to delegate. I'm very poor at delegating. Do you guys have roles where one is responsible for this area and one is responsible for that area? Or do you separate tasks out to each other or is it just kind of like take it as it goes?
1: Yeah. So we don't have any formal structure. We just let each other do what we do best. So my, my background is more on like the paperwork stuff, for example. Um, and Billy's is more on like the sales and marketing stuff. So like, all the digital channels, uh, he takes care of them. Uh, you know, thank God because <laughs> they are a lot of work and it's yeah. fiddly and uh, yeah. And he he takes care of all that. But just uh, say if like um, if an agreement needed reviewing or something like that, I, I I might handle that. So it's you know we just let each other do what we're good at, um, and That's then a you know. Yeah, any, anytime there's any key decisions, it's always uh, both of us agreeing on it. Um, uh, so, you know, it's pretty it's pretty simple. There's nothing formal in place. Cool. It, you know, we're with each other all day, every day. So it's just like, oh, what do you reckon about this? Should we do this? Yeah, okay, yeah.
0: Hey, it seems to be working. So now uh, things are starting to open back up and the world starting to return to quote-unquote normal again. You guys have taken a, a very interesting route with becoming an equipment supplier and if anybody hasn't seen the vogue training uh instagram page or site go and check it out because i was blown away by the price at which you guys are doing equipment for i think it's amazing
2: and it was and it, it was such a cool thing that it, you guys did
0: and i've already sent people there to, to order equipment because people are asking where can i buy dumbbells because a massive shortage of equipment since lockdown happened yeah what was the the thought process i know you you posted the reason you did it was you were tired of mm. the lack of availability and the hyped up prices. What was the kind of driver? Like what's the game plan with turning from being a fitness provider into a fitness equipment
1: provider? So um, we've, we've always had struggled with getting equipment here when the, when, when it's required. And from day one, when we ordered, you know, from rogue fitness uh, and then we opened Box two, we order from Rogue Fitness. We've had so many orders with them, and they were increasingly difficult to deal with. There was always a bottleneck whenever we wanted to do something. Uh, so, for, for a few years now, we've we decided uh, probably like two, three years ago, we decided to move into this. And we'd actually developed our product line and did all the testing. So, uh, people weren't aware, but when we opened in Russell Kaima, we actually stopped that with all the stuff that we developed and that's, that's our equipment line. So we were able to actually test it uh, for quite some time. So put it in classes, belt it around, make sure that it holds up Uh, and it did really well. The quality is uh, really good. We're really happy with it. Um, And so we had planned to launch it probably like later December, early January, depending on when we could get the time, uh, to, to build out the platforms. So the decision to do it uh, was made a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. The decision to bring it forward was made during COVID. Um, as soon as we had the order to close, we ranked the priorities of things that we needed to address. Mm-hmm. And the number one was for us was our retail and so we uh, we tasked some of our uh, some of our team uh, to develop the online retail stuff, and we felt the reason why we brought it forward was you see now concept two roles going for like eight thousand dirhams. Yeah, it was ridiculous. yeah, yeah it's like it's. That's, you know, it's, it's price gouging and you know, it's more than
2: double the price. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a shortage, for example, concept two are aren't manufacturing, they weren't even giving quotations until the Mm. end of, I I think the end of this month, they're going to start just giving quotations. So there's going to be a big shortage of concept two products. Uh, you know, people took advantage of that and we're like, okay, we're going to do it. Let's launch the website, make it clear that the items won't arrive until the end of July So anyone that buys it is aware of that, Um, but we're going to set a price point and that should put other people on notice that there's alternatives. So if you charge so much, then people will tend to buy something well priced and wait. And I think it's, it's helped bring the prices of key items like dumbbells and barbells and plates back down well I think they could have really got out of hand. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. And but some you people know. were
2: selling like a twenty kilo dumbbell for four five hundred rooms for one. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, it was
1: the yeah. same.
0: <laughs> I saw someone posted it was um a pair of dumbbells and it was it was I think it would come as Amazon or eBay, but it was a thousand US dollars for yeah. 20 kilo dumbbells i was like yeah. this is how i now <laughs> absolutely ridiculous well yeah. before
2: before you launched the website it was like literally i think it was just the start of the lockdown i was like well okay i've only got some sandbags on i need some dumbbells i looked around and then all of a sudden there was a guy I was like there was a guy so on my phone his name is michael dumbbell <laughs> and it was basically message him tell him what you wanted and then he would just give you like all right it's five dirhams a pound and then just order what you want and then like uh a few of the guys who all needed some gym equipment. Like that's how we got it. It was kind of reminding me of like old school Dubai when you had to call a guy and go to like some weird place. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, I mean the the fact that you're doing that and you know, you're, you're sending a message and basically that people who are trying to take advantage of the situation is that there's no right. You know exactly, or we know exactly how much this equipment is going to cost. So you can charge a fair amount, but you can't tr- charge an extortion amount.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, the pl- part of our premise is that um, we've uh, manufactured enough that when we get our uh, arrival, we'll constantly have stock. So you won't be waiting, uh, you know, more than a few days for delivery on anything from our website. So we've got dedicated storage space. We've um, we've developed our systems and processes to handle whatever orders come in. And it will be like, okay, I need uh, a 32 kg kettlebell, 30 pound warm ball, and, you know, like uh, some uh, fractional plates. Um, and then you order them and you'll have them within two days. So that's, that's once once we get the first uh, our first manufacturing order landed, um, we'll constantly have stock available in the UAE uh, and in Oman. So that's that's the premise is that you don't need to wait and you don't need to order a barbell from Rogue and get that shipped over so you got to pay for all the shipping on that and the taxes and clearing it. Oh, et yeah. Um so it'll be readily available in the region uh, of a high quality and sent to you within 2 days and you just go on the website click click buy. So that's that's the the idea. Uh, we were, uh, you know, we would like to establish ourselves as the uh, uh, as the premier provider of functional fitness training in the region. I think you're definitely on your way to doing that, which
0: is timely given the circumstance of a lot of gyms being closed down and people um, looking to kit out their homes with the all the essential stuff, even if it's just like dumbbells, kettlebells, or even a barbell. What do you see given, obviously no one can predict the future, but given the current state of fitness in the Middle East, um, having access to hundreds of, well, thousands of members across different facilities, what do you anticipate in the corona onset? To, do you think gyms are going to be a thing of the past? Do you think people are going to opt to stay training at home? Like, what do you think it's going to look like when things start to open back up?
1: Yeah. So... Uh, we've had lengthy discussions, uh, brainstorming around exactly this question. There, our our view hasn't changed from when we opened. The, if you look at fitness like a pie, that pie will keep growing because we see fitness in this region as something that's going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for us, having people uh, train in their home gym is excellent because they're doing fitness and that increases the awareness of them doing fitness. Uh, you know, the more people do fitness, the more other people do fitness, like, like, you know, like someone like enjoyed a good virus. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, Craig, someone comes into base three and, and they really enjoy that session. They go and tell their friend, come down to base. Three. You yeah. know? So like the more people do fitness, the more other people do fitness. So it's a growing pie. So the fact that people will and they will do home-based workouts uh, delivered uh, through digital means, whether you know whether that's online programming, whether that's digital classes, uh, et, cetera, et cetera, that will that will definitely happen, and that part of the industry will grow. Um, so it's just a matter of how uh, fitness providers will service that. Um, so that that's sort of like one question. In terms of will it affect the, the actual fitness facilities our opinion is that fitness facilities uh, the good ones will be able to grow uh, what we provide in 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 our facilities the same as uh, as you will at base three is uh, quality coaching uh, for people that need to learn how to move uh, people like Simon does on every level one teaches them uh, how to move properly and And that stuff you can't really do at home on your own. Um, it's a lot more difficult that, and you don't get the vibe, the, the whole motivation, the, the, the community, the inspiration to work out that accountability. Uh, you know, it's like when you walk into a 6.00 PM class, you could feel like I've had a bad day, but you walk into the gym and everything changes. You listen to the coach, and you, and you leave at 7 p.m. And you're like, wow, I feel so much better now. Um, it's the
2: best hour of their day. Man. That, yeah. That's, and that's, one of, that's so important just to go in, to have fun with their CrossFit friends, fitness friends, and then whatever shit they've had during the day, if it's an argument with their partner, if it was a shitty day at work or whatever. And it's just like for that hour, hour and a half, because normally the people will stay, it was just like that, that was totally fine. And this is what made it
1: worth it. And that's really cool. Exactly. And that's something that you won't get at home. Uh, You won't get a lot of that. So it's really going to depend on on what the individual needs to to get motivated. Uh, If they can get motivated and they really enjoy training at home and they've got a great setup, uh, that's going to be fantastic. And it's up to fitness operators to figure out how they can uh, service these people to provide those people that want to train at home with a great service that they're happy to pay for. Um, You know, and there's going to be a range of, of solutions out there um uh, you know but we've got a uh, a lot of facilities and we're anticipating that when people feel safe that there should be a, an upswing in people coming to get fit because one thing i think a lot of people are now super aware of is that their fitness is what's going to save them wearing a face mask <laughs> What's that going to do? You know, if you're, if, if if you've neglected your fitness, your entire life, now I think you're aware that you you can make a change Mm -hmm. and you need to make a change because wearing a face mask, isn't going to save you. No, You know, your, your, your whole fitness, your cardiovascular respiratory system is what's going to be, what's going to save you, you know? So like, it's great that people are super aware about disease and that, uh, and I think that's going to transition into being more aware about the, you know, being fit because that's what's going to that's what's going to save you, not not wearing a face mask. I mean, that's and some interesting
2: statistics uh, being thrown out there as well as like, you know, the people who have eventually caught coronavirus and, and became fatal, they all had underlying chronic diseases before that. They had they were either diabetic, they had some heart conditions, and like, and they've just something that has been repeated over and over again. I'm like, well, like, and if you're healthy and fit, like it's almost non-existent.
1: Yeah. Well, CrossFit health, they've been, yeah. they've oh my gone God. Back for years now. Yeah. You know, for, for, for those in the, in the CrossFit community, uh, the link between curing chronic conditions and exercise, we understand that. Um, yeah. And so it's part of our job to make sure people when they walk in the door begin to understand that that exercising actually takes out a lot of these underlying chronic disease factors that uh, uh a big risk factors for when you when you get the old corona i saw yeah. there's a guy called mike israel who
0: works for a company uh, rp strength and he did a post and it was just he like did a note on his phone typed it and posted it and it was when it all kicked off and it, when all the information started coming out around the numbers of deaths were related to underlying fitness issues and obesity being a massive problem going um when all this blows over the world is going to be crying out for fitness and we need to be of the stance that not we told you so but uh welcome them with open arms and kind of just alluded to the being a a massive pull towards people understanding that fitness is super important and that you, uh, you need to look after your health in order to stand a better chance. And this is kind of just highlighted as exactly like, like you said, is being fit and healthy is your insurance for, uh, disease moving forward. I mean, if it takes something like a pandemic to help people realize that, then that's fine. And we're in a position where we're able to help people once it does all blow over.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. And, Gla- and Glassman says something years and years ago, it was like, well, you know, can you swim or will you drown in the water? And and like, like if you can swim most probably you've had a swim coach, which is us. Um, if you're drowning, well, there's nothing really much that you can do. You need a do- you need a lifeguard. And if, if that means if you're very, very sick, it's like, well, at this point you need a, a doctor, but there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of preventable stuff that you could have done mm-hmm. a long, long time ago to get you in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So I guess after COVID it's a, it's now now i guess we're in the uncertain time now that we can open um mm. this is where we hit the uncertainty now because people are still uh, you know fearful of um of covid-19 so that might stop a lot of people coming back yeah uh, it's it's been a very difficult time for business in in the world yeah uh, that have been forced to close um you know it's a uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, there's been gym closures that we're that we're aware of, and I'm sure there's a lot more that we haven't heard of as well. Yeah. So it is it is a difficult time in the industry, uh, and it's going to. I think the most difficult part is going to be the next uh, three to six months. That's where the real stretch is going to happen. Um, it's great that Dubai has lifted the capacities on um, on private enterprise. I don't think that applies to gyms just yet, but it's a good sign that, that they're opening to hundred uh, percent because, you know, if you operate a business at 50%, you're still going to be losing money. Yep. Now a business can't stay open very long if it's losing money. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's about building that capacity back in over the next three to six months. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that won't be able to do it, uh, but there's going to be a lot of people that will uh so it's just a matter of operating wisely over the next 3 to 6 months uh and you know there'll be a lot more people that will probably um close their doors now because once the doors were allowed to open you know from a business point of view that's when all the cash flow has to go out again um yeah. and that's you know that's the situation if a, if a business can't pay its staff uh, then it it ceases to operate. Yeah. And that's... I, I
0: don't want to put too much weight into these numbers because I don't know how true they are, but someone's saying that there's already been like 75,000 businesses in the UAE that have already gone out of business. And there's some big ones that you mentioned. There's gyms that have closed down already, but then there's a lot of small outfits that even people I've spoke to in the last couple of days of other people that have also fitness, small fitness businesses that have gone out of company as well. So it's been... So for everyone, like you said, I think the the good ones and the strong ones will survive and people will start to um, value fitness as uh, an essential part of their life and not just a nice to have and something that you can go and do on the weekend and enjoy and understand that it is part of everyone's health and best interest to stay healthy and stay fit.
1: Um, yeah and I think this country's a particular uh, case because um, you know there's no social welfare are made available. There's no business welfare made available. It's it's like, for example, you'd have in the UK where they've got the furlough Uh, Mm -hmm. in America, they have got the paycheck protection system in Australia. They have uh, protections as well. Um, Where the UAE is, is no income tax, Um, you know, and the, and the trade-off for that is there's no social security network. Uh, All that social security is provided by the employer, which is the Mm -hmm. the company. Um, So I think, you know, we've, We've got a, a, an unreal team at Vogue Fitness across our facilities, and having a having such a good team uh, is is what you know is one of our strengths. And it's been you know it's been tough on everyone um, because you know the, the gyms were ordered to close. Um, and, yeah, so, and they're
2: going to be one of the last things to open as well. So.
1: Yeah, uh, but you know our team is just is ready uh, to get back at it. Uh, and excited to get stuck back into it. Uh, and it's just a, a a matter of managing that process, that reopening step-by-step. Um, step. Amazing. Paddy,
0: I think we'll wrap up. That was a, a great note to end on. Simon, do you have anything else Patty?
2: Um, No, actually. Uh, well, I was just going to talk about his uh, dr- dramatic scene, but other than that, it was... <laughs> Whoa. And, um, but... No. but uh, <laughs> Go on.
1: I think now it, it won't be this year um, but next year just before and I know I've spoken to Craig and Emily about this before and we actually fell into some uh, issues with uh, our main sponsor um, but we will be running Firestorm um, yes. uh, at some point that was going to be
0: my closing question
1: yeah just before, just before uh, COVID-19 hit and I'm talking like a matter of days before it really kicked in uh, we had reached a verbal agreement on it so nice. um, yeah, it, it does look like it's going to go ahead now this time for sure uh, when, if it's 2021, if it's 2022 we don't know the dates um, but okay. uh, we will make it happen gonna say
0: i'm not gonna put any pressure on you to to release it there or anything but i'm just happy to hear that it is going ahead
1: yeah when 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 uh when it sort of uh the dates and that fell through last time we were actually uh felt bad for um the guys that we for yourself and emily that we'd said right we're gonna kick on with it um so this time we're gonna get everything signed the t's crossed and the i's dotted and then we're gonna announce, then we'll, it. Then we'll, then we'll announce it um yeah Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Very exciting. Good stuff.
0: Uh Paddy, anything else you want to let the guys know? Where can people go and find no. you? What do you want to – give
1: yourself a plug. Uh Give yourself a plug. Um, well,
0: uh, well, Vogue Fitness Training, if you
1: want some decent equipment. Uh, yeah, we're in Oman. An awesome so yeah. If you're in Oman, get involved. Uh, I think it's just a plug for the whole uh, fitness industry, for people just to get into – uh, get back into some sort of fitness if that's even at a dance studio it doesn't matter just find something that you enjoy and get started and the you know the the fitness professionals like Vogue Fitness or Base 3 they'll look after you when you come in the door so if you're listening just get started walk in the door and you know let us take care of the rest for you thank you, Paddy. Thank you so much thanks for joining us man guys go check out the awesome stuff
0: that uh, Vogue Fitness are doing and I will try and find a link to the video of Paddy doing (laughs) the the online workout and tripping over a dumbbell.
1: Yeah, fantastic.